This is a Hot Pie Media Original. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, is there anything that is preventing you from achieving your goals? Anything at all? Is there a reason that you seem like you're in Stuckville and you just can't move forward? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and really match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I love that you're able to chat with them within 48 hours and it's not a crisis line. It's not for self-help. It really is just professional therapy and you can do this securely online. The services are available no matter your time zone and you can log into your account anytime and send your message to your therapist. It's like having them on speed dial. You can even schedule a weekly video or phone session, and you never have to sit and wait in a lobby. BetterHelp is really committed to, you know, facilitating those great therapeutic matches, and they make it super easy and free to change therapists if you need to do so. I know with a lot of the service providers of anti-human trafficking organizations and people like you who are listening to this could have some vicarious trauma and the therapists they see don't normally allow them to move back and forth. And so here you're able to change therapists if you need to do so, um, so that you find a better fit. Now, BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. So please visit their website, betterhelp.com. And because they're doing such a great job, you can join over a million people who have taken charge of their own mental health and with the help of an experienced professional. And so we have an actual special offer for you today for all of the Inhumane podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash inhumane. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Inhumane Podcast. Super excited today because we have our friend joining us again, Miss Courtney Jones with Change One. And I'm going to go ahead and push pause. If you have not heard Courtney before on one of our other episodes, episode four, I believe, then go ahead and push pause. Go back to episode four, listen to that one so you can really know who she is, all the great things that she has done, it continues to do. Um, and I see it definitely in the near future of just really changing lives. So push pause, do yourself a favor, go listen to that and then join us. Um, there is some urgency with this episode, so I encourage you to join us right away. Um, so... Welcome back. Thank you. Very excited to have you. I'm excited um, to be here. I know. It's been it's it's been a while since you've been on the show, so I'm very excited to have you back. Um and so we have something great to talk about because the holidays are coming up. Um, and so it's perfect timing. But before we tell everyone about that, I want to give everyone a little bit of a recap. Mm -hmm. And so we love Change One. We love everything that you're doing and continue to do there. And so the last time you were here, we did have actually a lot of questions from listeners. And one of them was, why do you, Miss Courtney Jones, <laughs> believe, why, why are there so many kids in foster care? 
See, we're going to hit you hard right out of the... I see, I see. (laughs) Well, um, why are so many kids in the foster care system? Well, I can most definitely say from just looking at the statistics and um, looking at not only the statistics, but hearing the personal stories in our community of what's going on, there are a number of factors that bring people into the foster care system. One being abuse, another being neglect, um, child maltreatment. You know, those are a couple of things that bring children into the foster care system. I would say lack of um, housing stability, mm-hmm. substance abuse. Um, there are a number of reasons why kids come into the foster care system. But the number one thing the department wants to do is to preserve families and to keep families together. Mm-hmm. Um, so the numbers have been um, reducing in the amount of removals and placements into the foster care system. Okay. So, and I love, I love that, that they're wanting to, right? Because we know since you and I have, of uh, one, you, you being in the system yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So having that firsthand experience, but us being around the agency on this side, right? On the work and things of that nature is not being so quick to just pull families apart, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I know that may be hard for some of our listeners when you just heard Courtney describe some of these things and in your mind, it's like horrific of, oh my gosh, how how can you put a kid back with their parents or guardian if... Um, they were malnourished or there was some maltreatment going on or some sort of neglect. But when you're in it and you hear these stories, there are lots of, I mean, well, people are just complex, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like it's a black and white, easy peasy to just say, yep, you're a horrible person. We're removing your kid. Mm -hmm. Because when you also talk to these kids, they will tell you, why did you remove me from my family? Like, yeah. Okay, we didn't have the best food to eat. My parents were trying their best, but you put me in a system and then I've been raped from one home to another home or trafficked or whatever, right? So it's, we can't just go straight there. Now, again, on another flip side, the other end of the spectrum, we also know that when we don't move fast enough, um, and I think a lot of, you know, our listeners, as well as the community as whole, as a whole with COVID um, and being on lockdown, they've been seeing more documentaries of mm-hmm. kids in care and horrible things that have happened to these children that there's no way that it should have. There was too many adult eyes on there mm-hmm. that it shouldn't have happened at, at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're telling you these things because it's not so black and white and yeah. it's not so simple. Um, but. How can, now that I said all that, um, how how can we help our listeners understand that they're trying to reduce, right, removing kids so quickly from their mm-hmm. family because they're trying to keep a family? Mm-hmm. How How do we explain to someone like, yes, maybe there was some neglect going on, but this mm-hmm. is how we choose to keep that family unified, Mm -hmm. even though all this stuff is going on. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, um, it is a little simple. It's called humility. Mm. Um, It's we're all human Mm -hmm. and we all make mistakes and we all should be able to have the opportunity to learn from those mistakes, especially if it's not um, at risk of, um, 
injury to a child, mm-hmm. um, like those type of things, I understand that that's a no-no. Right. But when it comes to not being able to provide for your child, that's where the community could come in to provide some support, the churches, um, other parents in the in the community um, rallying around. I know that my kids, they grow out of clothes like this, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so if, you know, we were able to, as a community, come together and do some clothes swap. Or, you right. know, it's really about a community approach mm-hmm. um, because it, they say it takes a village. And so when we kind of put that human touch to it, that like these individuals, they're not God awful people. They just need support. Sometimes people just don't have that support for someone to watch their child and they have to go to work so that they can provide for their children. Mm-hmm. So they leave their children at home, not because they mm-hmm. want to be bad parents, but it's because they don't have the support. Mm-hmm. And then they're just trying to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when kids come into foster care because of neglectful situations like a parent going to work and something happened with the child, it's not something that is intentionally done um, because most parents, they want to be the best parent they can be. Yeah. And so hopefully people can kind of understand that I would say 90% of the time, it's not something that is intentionally being done. Um, It's something that's just a circumstance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there was um, a legislation that was put out, the Family First um, legislation, where this is the first time federal tax dollars is used for prevention efforts. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, stuff has to happen for the, (laughs) the state to be like, okay, we'll give you money. And so this is really cool that we're able to put money into the community and say, hey, Mm -hmm. we want to preserve families. We understand that you're dealing with mental health or substance abuse or just the fact that like you don't even have the necessities. We want to help you while the kids are in your home because it does way more damage to rip kids from their families than to than to put them in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why it does more damage is because everyone wants connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to know who, who who they are, where where they come from. And just think about um, we have a big demographic of individuals that are raised by single moms. Mm-hmm. And we as a society understand and know how that void of not having a father in a home, what that has done to our young women and also our young men in our community. Right. So just imagine if you didn't have your mom or your dad. That's right. And then you're put into a system that's going to be very scary. It's going to be very confusing. And then the, it comes with a lot of complex issues. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important to preserve the family. Yeah. And so what that means, if that's like, the child going to stay with a grandmother or the child going to stay with cousins or aunts and uncles, like that is what we should be looking towards then for them to come into the system. Because again, once they come into the system, not only is it tearing up that family and creating trauma for that child, our tax dollars are paying for it. That's right. And this is why we bring Courtney on the show (laughs) is because she tells it exactly how it is. And that Mm -hmm. is actually a big major part uh, when people, you know, and everybody has their jam, right, of what touches their heart Mm -hmm. and what they're compassionate about. And then they go and they push, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They push that forward and ask for help. And so if foster care is not 
normally like your jam, either because you just don't know about it or you're into pets or whatever it is that you do. Um, it's like it still affects you. If you don't know any kid in the foster care system, it still affects you. Yes, with your taxpayer dollars, like Courtney just mentioned, which is huge. Yeah. Because you see that money all the time. We're always asking, where does this freaking money go? Yeah. Right? Because we're not seeing the fruits of that and we're not seeing the prevention Mm -hmm. and we're not seeing the support. We're not seeing these things. So Mm -hmm. we're like, where's all that going? But then on the other end that we never think of is we think that because we live maybe on this side of town or we have this zip code at the end of our address that we're never going to deal with some of these kids in the foster care, but they are going to be the individuals that you probably deal with out in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Or they are um, in the service industry or what have you. So you're always going to deal with someone. You just just don't know what people are carrying. But Um, also, you mm -hmm. know, you brought up a good point that, you know, (laughs) you're in a certain zip code, so you think that you're not going to have to deal with that. Well, struggle has... <laughs> struggle has no um, color. That's right. Struggle has no age. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all human. Right. That's what I started with. We're human. Mm-hmm. And so being human means that sometimes we we struggle and we mm-hmm. um, make mistakes and we have to learn from those mistakes. Yeah. And so we can be in different economic classes and still struggle. Mm-hmm. And so it, it again, it comes back to the community when that struggle happens. Yeah. How is your community showing up for you mm-hmm. and how are we coming together so that the system yeah. It's not having to come in to the community. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how can we keep it in the community? Well, you know, and I love how, you know, Courtney keeps going back to community. Right. And and, the, and it does take a village. And honestly, we don't really utilize that term anymore. Um, and if you listen to a lot of women, you know, in the U.S., we actually have a very high postpartum uh, like percentages compared to so many other countries in the world where they have a better healthcare system or they have, right. They're not as wealthy as the U S yet postpartum is through the roof. And reason being a lot of gurus, a lot of people out there say is because women weren't made to like give birth and then just be with this child all on their own. They never had that before, before (laughs) it was, Mom was there. Grandma was there. Aunts were there. All of the the neighbors were there. The mm-hmm. village mm-hmm. that you're talking about mm-hmm. were all there to help mom and this newborn baby. Um, and so they, you had very low percentages of postpartum because of that. Mm-hmm. But now you have where people literally give birth and they're all by themselves. Like maybe, maybe their uh, significant other, their partner is at work or what have you providing, but they are raising this kid all by themselves. There isn't much of a difference when you really look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like you said, we're human. So we make mistakes mm-hmm. and this is where things happen mm-hmm. is because we now have lack of choice Right. We're in this these predicaments um, 
for a variety of reasons Mm -hmm. and we don't have the support Mm -hmm. and it's scary Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's new and we can go on and on and on and on right with all the vulnerabilities. And another thing that I want to bring up, like kids enter the foster care system because of abuse and neglect, but sometimes kids enter the foster care system too because of developmental disabilities Mm. or um, behavioral. Like, so there are different reasons why kids enter in the foster care system. And sometimes people just don't understand Mm -hmm. why and how kids enter in the foster care system. And so again, when it comes to like geographic zip codes and all of that, like kids, we all have a developmental milestones that we go through and some they um, advance more than others. And then when trauma occurs, it can affect the trajectory Mm -hmm. of their adolescent development. And sometimes families just need that extra support Mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with abuse or neglect, but they need that extra support because of the fact the trajectory of the adolescent development has either halted or been delayed and it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. No, that's a really great point mm-hmm. um, because that is a big piece that we forget mm-hmm. as well as um, the big misconception of kids in care, right? Is just straight abuse. Mm-hmm. And and that's actually not that big of a percentage compared to the others, mm-hmm. especially with neglect. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like we just described, neglect looks different mm-hmm. than usually what is in our, what is in our mind. Yeah. Um, and so- My next question for you Mm -hmm. is, so tell us the age group that changed, because again, friendly reminder, change one, Um, Courtney really provides these services for the, for children who age out of foster care. Mm -hmm. And I, another question that people had was 15. Mm -hmm. She works with 15 year olds. How are they aging out of foster care? So tell us the, the demographic, right? Age wise. Mm -hmm. And explain that to some of our listeners in mm-hmm. regards to why 15? Because everyone's just thinking 18, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, we start working with kids um, 15 and a half and up and sometimes even younger than that. But we kind of try to stay in our lane. And so, <laughs> you know, it's going to be 15 and a half and up. And the reason why we chose to work with teenagers is because we want to start planting the seed early. Mm-hmm. We don't want to wait until they're 18 to start talking to them about transitioning into the real world. We want to be able to talk with them, give them an opportunity to um, ask questions, be able to actually do some type of experimental um what, what what am I trying to say? Like um, exercises and making sure that they understand before they leave foster mm. care, um, because that's the biggest mistake is to start trying to tell someone a month or six months before they leave yeah. foster care that you're going to have to enroll <clears throat> in college. You're going to have to get a job. You're going to have to get an apartment. You're going to have to get a bank account. And it's like, whoa, right, right, right. <laughs> like, how am I going to do all of these mm-hmm. things? And so I think that typically, you you know, as a parent, I'm already instilling these things into my children sure. as younger than starting at 15 and a half. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's important that we start playing that seed early with our young people. Yeah, that's oh, and I love that because that's such a great point is, you know, we're, we're trying to teach our children from the get go. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever is age appropriate. But we're planting those seeds and most of the kids in care just 
did not have that benefit. Mm -hmm. And there is that lack of support and training and so on and so forth. And with all of these compounded things, Mm -hmm. um, what? I got an adult. (laughs) Right. When I turn 18 (laughs) and there's kind of like a thank you for being part of the foster care. But now you're on your own because you're because you're 18 and you Mm -hmm. got to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I'm saying it a lot more diplomatically and nicely Mm -hmm. than I'm sure what it actually feels like. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I can most definitely say also that, you know, um, there have been advocates, um, people with lived experience, but also advocates in our community that have really rallied around and said, you know what, at age 18, they are not ready to be an adult. And so legislation has been extended where kids can stay into foster care until age 21. Now, the issue with that is we do not have enough foster Mm -hmm. homes. We do not have enough placements to put the young kids that want to stay in foster care. So they end up becoming homeless because of the fact that we have a shortage of homes. So if people are interested in mentoring and wanting to be in an older youth's life, that would be a perfect demographic to do it because we have shortage of foster homes. Now, the gotcha part to this mm-hmm. is that you just talked about all of those gaps, you know, and them leaving care and not having that information. Mm-hmm. So what has happened in my experience is that the young people that are leaving at 21 now, they have the gaps that those individuals were having when they were at 18. Mm-hmm. We're just almost trying to we're kind of like kicking the can down the road opposed to utilizing that time frame that we're given appropriately, like you're stating. Right. Like planting those seeds when they're 15 and then they have that from 15 to 21. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's more of delayed. And that's probably not the purpose behind it. Correct. Correct. And so, so many times, because I know people were like, well, why do you work with um, adults? Like, Mm -hmm. why do you work with young adults? Well, just imagine if you're 21 years old and no one ever let you go into the kitchen and cook. Right. Or no one allowed you to wash clothes Mm -hmm. or no one taught you how to study. Mm -hmm. So at 21, you're having to learn all of those things that most of your peers would have learned at 18 or even younger. Right. And so that's why um, we invest in young adults, because we want to make sure we fill the gap mm-hmm. and we want to make sure we fill the gap as quick as possible, um, because society, mm-hmm. you know, when you're an adult, especially 21, they're not understanding why you don't know these adult like yeah. things. No forgiveness or grace. And, and no. at that age, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we specialize in this population. Gotcha. And I I appreciate you sharing that. And it's, I think it's essential. Um, You know, like you said, you, they didn't get the benefit when they were younger, but hey, at least we can start here Mm -hmm. and really prep them because yes, I'm sure some, you know, some of you listeners are probably thinking, oh yeah, well, most kids don't know what to do once they go into college, but you're talking, these are significant gaps. They're not just, um, oh, I don't know how to use the washer because my mom always did everything for me. Mm -hmm. No, these are much, much bigger than just that, 
right? And Courtney, you're only naming a few, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and even when they go to college, they still have mom and dad to be like, hey, that's right. ask questions. Yeah. That, what that about this? Or what about that? Or I need advice for this, or I need money for that. Kids yeah. from foster care, they do not have that luxury of calling someone. And so again, if you are interested in being a mentor to an older young person, like it will make a world of difference. And I know sometimes people feel like, Oh, when they're older, they're already fixed in their ways. No, when they're older, they still need help too. And I can most definitely say I got mentors when I was 19 and my mentors are still there with me and I'm 36 now. And I have utilized my mentors along the way. Um, And they have become my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm happy that I've had them to call on when I wasn't feeling good and I didn't really know what to do, you know, because sometimes, you know, as an as an advocate now, I get phone calls like, do I need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, wait, go to the doctor, (laughs) call the nurse line, Mm -hmm. you know, and so they sometimes people just need that. You know, yeah, you can definitely see it. So explain to us real quick if people wanted to join Change One and be an advocate a mentor for those older individuals, what would that look like to be a mentor? Yeah. So for individuals that are wanting to be a mentor, you can, we call them change agents. If you want to become (laughs) a change agent, you can most definitely um, sign up on our um, website at www.changeone.org and go to volunteer and you can set up a meeting with us to kind of talk about your interests and to talk about, you know, how you want to give back and contribute in a young person's life. We just recently provided COVID relief funds to our young people all over the state of Texas. And we did flash mentoring and flash mentoring was basically um, once the young people got this lump sum of money, Mm -hmm. they were able to like meet with a mentor and kind of talk about budgeting, wants versus needs. And so sometimes people get really um, like overwhelmed with like the fact like, oh, I'm going to have to be a mentor for this Mm -hmm. long period of time. Well, we did flash mentoring where the young people, this was just a one-time thing where they're connected with a mentor because of this awesome opportunity. Mm -hmm. And we have other opportunities that come up throughout the year where someone's like, okay, well, maybe I want to mentor with character building, or maybe I want to mentor with budgeting, or maybe I want to mentor this young person because they're navigating college, Mm -hmm. you know, so there can be different mentoring opportunities and it doesn't have to be a long extension, um, but it can be if you want. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is brought to you by Canopy.us. Now, I know you've heard me talk a lot about the dangers of online in our world today. So I'm here to tell you about a few tips that can help protect your kids online from porn and sexting. I highly recommend, of course, to use parental controls on all of your family's devices. But the truth is that the average age of exposure to porn is 11 years old. And one in four kids have received a sext and one in seven have actually sent one. So that's why Canopy is such an important app to install on your kids' devices. Canopy actually helps prevent the exposure to porn before it happens. They use their technology actually filters images and videos in milliseconds. And when Canopy detects a nude or lingerie-esque image, it's saved to your child devices. It will give them the option to delete or send to you 
for approval. That's like a lot of checks and balances. So you can try Canopy for today by using the code INHUMANE and check out for 30 days free and 20% off for life at canopy.us. I love that. Quite clever there, yes. Miss Courtney. I love the the flash mentoring. And and also I think that you're opening it up for both sides, right? Because one, a kid coming coming out of care, um, you know, they too may not need, they may need something right now. And they're like, okay, I'm good now. Like their their skill set is they can really adapt and overcome, right? Mm-hmm. And learn things and then relearn and then mm-hmm. then boom, they take off. Yeah. And they too don't need you there. They just need that sounding yep. board, right? Or someone mm-hmm. to advise. And then that obviously you're going to open that up for a lot of other individuals who exactly one of the number one reasons they don't want to mentor is because they're like, I can't make that long-term commitment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so here you go, but plenty of opportunities. Change one is not, is an organization that's not in the box anyway. You're very (laughs) out of the box. Um, And so I think that just makes it a wonderful opportunity for you're, you're just stepping out. And I, hence why it's a, you're a change agent. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting all the play on words. It's yes. all connecting for yes. me. <laughs> like it is, uh, I can give you a prime example. So there was a young person that um, had been connected with us from when he was in foster care and he was doing advocacy stuff. And then he continued in the foster care system through extended care. And it was just so great to continue that relationship yeah, with him. Yeah. But unfortunately he did end up homeless. And so, um, Due to being ended up um, homeless, I was like, hey, you should apply for the COVID relief funds. And he did apply for those funds. And so that was our our connection again with one another because we had lost contact for a minute. And so um, through that relationship, we were able to get him into some type of temporary housing. And he was in a whole nother part of Texas. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to help him like get a storage unit for his belongings since he's homeless. Um, And we've just been able to like work with him. And so we tell people, you know, we need volunteers everywhere. Yes, we're located in Austin, but our young people are everywhere. And so sometimes, you know, if we can call on a mentor and say, hey, this young person needs to get to the bank or hey, Mm -hmm. this young person just needs needs a, a safe place. Can you call around to a couple places for us? Right. You know, that simple of volunteering or mm-hmm. mentorship for a young person. So it doesn't have to necessarily be anything long-term. Yeah. I love that. And so that's what I think is the, you know, when you, when you look up places or organizations that are working with kids in care, you will always see that it's under 18, like 100%. And when it comes to aged out children um, or young adults at that, um, you don't, you can't find things. And so change one is literally making a huge difference in these young people's lives and providing and asking the public, because there are some people, as you know, listeners, that you don't work with young people. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like, Ooh, kids. Yeah. I'm going to pass on that (laughs) one. Right. I already have some at home. I'm going to, I'm going to (laughs) pass. Um, but here you get to actually mentor someone who 
um, it's almost like you're even telling them things that you wish you knew mm-hmm. at that age, right? Um, and just think of how you can really empower someone um, who honestly isn't given a lot of chances and they have to go and figure out the world themselves on top of all of this trauma that they've had and lack of love, lack of support, lack of just, just lack of, mm-hmm. um, and you're able to do that. And I think that that's just amazing what y'all do. <laughs> Thanks. And speaking of, mm-hmm. right. So I think this is a good segue of, you know, you do have a lot of kids, um, that come out of care and, you know, we've talked about this on when Courtney was here before, they're so vulnerable, And so this is why they are uh, prime targets to human traffickers, because you just heard Courtney say they are homeless. A lot of them are becoming homeless because they don't have anything or anyone to navigate, help them navigate through life, Um, as well as with all these vulnerabilities if they are lacking food, if they're just lacking shelter, um, people are going to exploit that because it they're easy they see them as easy prey because it's like oh you need things mm-hmm. you don't even have the basic needs well i have your basic needs and now i'm going to exploit you mm-hmm. so <clears throat> the holidays are here mm-hmm. thanksgiving is right around the corner um and courtney does a really great thing for um for the youth that I would love for you to explain um, because I think that's the coolest thing, Mm -hmm. especially when you know a lot of them don't have a family to go to. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't even have an apartment or a loft or home to go to and celebrate the holidays. And we know just in the U.S. alone, suicide rates, domestic violence, all these things increase during the holidays because usually of lack of, right? And loneliness and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So tell us what Change One does, madam. Yes. Okay. So every year, Change One puts on a Thanksgiving celebration for youth in foster care and also alumni. It's really important that we have the community come together and support this population because a lot of children that are put into foster care, unfortunately, um, sometimes they're ripped from their cultures, their traditions, and things that they're so used to eating. And so we wanted to create an atmosphere that's a family atmosphere, a fun atmosphere, a community where they can come together year after year. And they know that if they don't have a seat at anyone's table, they have a seat at Change One's Mm -hmm. table. And that is something that they can look forward to each and every year. And it makes my heart smile. (laughs) Um, I got a call today like, hey, we just want to know what time, what day is the Thanksgiving event, especially with COVID happening. Like we haven't been able to get together in person. And so this is going to be the first time we're able to get to in person yeah. together in person. And so it's really, really exciting that we get to get together. We get to fellowship, we get to bond and um, every year it's grown. And so how the Thanksgiving event started is that my significant other came from a family and everyone at that family um, gathering, um, they would come and they would eat and then they would bring friends and then they didn't even know who was who, <laughs> but you know, it yeah. was, everybody was just there. And I admired that. I admired how family oriented they were and how anybody was welcome. And I said, you know, I remember being in shelters and I remember being 
being in group homes and not being able to sit around a table and play games and and talk about what I'm thankful for and watch Mm -hmm. movies. You know, I remember so many times that that wasn't the case for me. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, I don't want that for another young person. And so that year, my significant other, I said, hey, can you cook? Because <laughs> um, I don't cook so much. <laughs> you know, so my significant other was like, yes, 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 I can cook. And so I invited all the alumni that I knew. I said, please come to my house. I want to, you know, provide a Thanksgiving meal. And it was amazing because some of them just didn't have a place to go, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's how the Thanksgiving event started, just by me having an interaction with someone that was had a family yeah. and how I wanted to create that family atmosphere for youth in foster care. And I remember Travis County Casa would ask me to come to their meetups every year and to talk to kids about different topics. And I said, you know what? How about this year? (laughs) I have a Thanksgiving event and y'all bring the young people. And at the time I was a a school social worker Mm -hmm. um, at American Youth Works and they allowed me to use the cafeteria. Oh, okay. I don't think I know that story. Yes. And that's how we expanded um, the Thanksgiving event um, was at American Youth Works and um, CASA brought their youth. And the the beautiful thing about it was that some mentees and mentors met each other the first time at my Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. event. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And we had um, a cosmetology school come and they were cutting young men's hair Mm -hmm. and and doing like nails for the young women. I wanted them to feel pampered. I wanted them to feel good. Um, They had a good meal. We had video games. It was just so nice. I really enjoyed it. The kids really enjoyed it. And I say, you know what? I want this for more, <laughs> more kids. Like I, I, I really wanted this for more kids. And I said, okay, like what, what can I do next? And so I started to reach out to like LifeWorks and Austin Children's Shelter and Settlement Home. And I was like, hey, you know, I really want to offer this to more young people. Would you be interested in bringing them to this Thanksgiving event? And so that next year we expanded and we were hosted by Austin Community College on the east side of Austin. Mm -hmm. And there were so many youth and I was just crying (laughs) because I just couldn't believe how many youth participated and came. And there were even youth, young adults that drove in from Houston and San Antonio. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is a dream come true. Um, And so each year, like we have continued to expand and mm-hmm. the community has continued to support us. I was um, on the board of directors for Head Start. Mm-hmm. They hosted us there one year. Um, another year, um, we were hosted at the church on the UT campus. Like each year we have right. just gone, grown um, more and more. Yeah. And then um, we've partnered with UT, the Spark program, mm-hmm. where they provide a wraparound support program for youth um that age out of foster care that is getting their degree. Mm-hmm. We've partnered with um, Austin Community College Campus Champions. They helped me get the word out at ACC to foster care alumni on campus. And then we also partner with Texas State, the FACES program, and that's foster care alumni creating educational success. Big and campuses. So, yes, Big yes, campuses. yes. So each year, 
They help me get the word out. Yeah. And, you know, I host the Thanksgiving event, but I can't do that without the support of the community. And so the community has really come um, around each and every year to help me pull this off. Mm hmm. Oh, I love that. And I, I I wasn't aware, like you said, of um, how it, it just started to really grow, grow mm-hmm. right? And people helping. And one of the things I want you to understand that Courtney does not just help Texas aged out kids. She has spoken throughout the United States. Different state agencies um, have called her up and said, hey, I need you to come speak. Hey, I need you to help maybe build this curricula. Like, She's not just Texas bound. And I say that because, yes, Texas is a big state, but call her up, call her up. If you if you're now understanding that there is a huge missing opportunity and a huge gap with these aged out kids because they're in your state as well. Um, They're in your country as well for some of our international listeners contact change one and say, Hey, how do I do this here? Right. How do I do this? How can I bring a smile? How can I make a family event for these kids? Cause a lot of times, and correct me if I'm wrong. And you listeners who, who maybe the homeless is kind of, you know, your area, right. That is led to help a lot of those events and Thanksgiving events and Christmas events and any other event. Um, you don't really see community all the time. Like they come in, they get their food, they're grateful, but then it's kind of just like a conveyor belt, like come Mm -hmm. get your food. Okay. Now here's maybe your gift. And then you're on your way. Um, which that's not what really the holidays are about. Like you said, like the first time you experienced it, you're like, Whoa, what is this? And I love it. Like we don't even know who's who anymore. Yeah. And the (laughs) most beautiful thing about the Thanksgiving event is that people are like, okay, I can volunteer. I said, okay. This will be the easiest volunteer experience you'll ever have. And they're like, okay, I'm ready. And I'm like, socialize. Go sit with that young person and eat with them. Mm -hmm. Go color with them. Go Mm -hmm. play a game with them. Yeah. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Fellowship with them. Right. Oh, I love that. Which again, completely different experience from a volunteer perspective as well, right? And really understanding because you're having the opportunity to sit. So time, so many times we're actually limited. I mean, I remember the first time, like I turned 18 um, and it was the first time I got to volunteer on my own because I've always volunteered, kind of voluntold, um, <laughs> you know, with all of my mom's business events and the boards that she was on and things like that. And so this was the first time on my own. Um, and it was with, um, big brothers, big sisters. And I was still, I had all of these parameters, even volunteering at big events. You, you hardly had an opportunity to interact with them. Mm -hmm. It was just, Hey, we want you to serve them, which I totally get. Mm -hmm. But I think again, why you're a change agent, (laughs) which change one is that 
you're looking from a completely different perspective that is honestly missing in the nonprofit space, Mm -hmm. which is interacting. And because, oh, well, you don't have a, you're not a social worker, you're not a this, or you're not a that, you don't have these credentials. The credentials are that I'm human and I'm trying to connect with another human. Yes. The end. That's it. End of sentence, period, exclamation point, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Period. Like there's, I don't need anything else. Yeah. And you don't need anything else. You just need a heart to come, right? Yeah. The will to come and actually sit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you give that opportunity because honestly, it's so rare. Yeah. It really, really is so rare. And um, one thing I can say is mm-hmm. that um, our Thanksgiving event It's a volunteer opportunity for the whole family. Like it brings me joy when families come and I see their children, you know, um, helping to hand a drink out or to hand a roll out or to give a giveaway out. Like it is such an honor to know that like that family volunteer experience was with change one. Right. And that they're changing someone's life just through their experience. Yeah. And so I bring my children every year and they love it. They enjoy <laughs> it. Like they're my number one cheerleaders in this <laughs> as well. Um, and so it's, it's just a joy. And I just, um, want this event to continue for years to come. Um, And I know earlier you were saying that people can reach out to me in regards to wanting to expand this in their area. Also, Change One, we're not just about our Thanksgiving event. We're about youth. And we we know that we don't wake up knowing how to work with youth. Mm-hmm. That's something that is crafted and learned over time. And that's something that Change One prides ourselves in is that we have studied positive youth development. We have studied restorative practices or sometimes people call it restorative justice. Mm -hmm. We have studied, um, you know, motivational interviewing. We've studied how to interact with young people. And we're in the process of creating a framework and um, making it evidence based as well. And so we would love to come into the community and we would love to help individuals that are like, how do I do this? How do I work with teenagers? How do I work with teenagers that may have had some type of traumatic experience? Um, And how do I not get into power struggles with teenagers? Mm. How do I give them autonomy? Mm -hmm. How do I help them grow? And what does a youth adult partnership look like? Because we want to have those type of relationships with our young people, but sometimes we just don't know how to do it. True. True. And that's what, and you know, and we're, we need to have you back on the show. Um, because you and I've had this conversation of, we know people have it in their heart to Mm -hmm. be a foster care parent. Mm -hmm. Um, but we know there is a lot of lack of support, right. In education Mm -hmm. and they too don't want to mess up. Mm -hmm. Right. And they don't want to contribute to this individual's trauma by sending them back because they don't know how to do things. And so, this is what Courtney's telling you. Like she, you know, um, she can show you and help you how to do that so that you're able to help and learn things that is only going to benefit these kids as well as your own life. Cause yeah. let's just be real that that's you're, you're, it is definitely two sided. Yes. It is not, uh, you're just the giver. Um, they're going to give to you in ways that you didn't even know that you needed. Yeah. 
That is factual. It is factual. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I say all the time that us as adults, we have an adultism complex Mm -hmm. that (laughs) that we know what's better. Um, But, you know, (laughs) but young people, they are so smart, so resilient, so inquisitive, and they will open your mind, open your heart and bring you so much joy. Yeah. And it is a two way street. Mm-hmm. It is a um, a relationship that most definitely will make an impact um, forever and ever in years to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, ugh, yes. And it gives me goosebumps every time we you and I chat because it's just, you know, Courtney is talking not just from a space of you know, like, oh, this is an area that I want to help in, right? Like she has lived experience, but she's actually doing the work, right? So you're not seeing this very top heavy kind of nonprofit organization that it just the work keeps getting passed down and passed down and passed down. Now, granted, do we want change one to grow? For sure. And we need <laughs> it to grow because like she explained to you, um, you're having kids Um, that are aging out, but there's nowhere for them to go. So they're, you know, becoming homeless uh, for lack of a lot of things. And so she's just coming from this, like I said, very out of the box thinking and putting her money where her mouth is. And she is definitely talking the talk. So I'm asking you to support this Thanksgiving event. Um, It'll be your first time helping out with Change One and you're going to change lots of lives and Courtney's going to tell us Mm -hmm. what they need and how you can can help and support for Thanksgiving 2021, which is your, how many years is this again? This is our eighth Eighth. annual, our eighth Eighth. annual. I cannot believe it's our eighth (laughs) annual. Like, oh my. You're creeping up on a decade quick. I know. That's got to be a big one. We got to we got to yes. do something big for that one yes. for sure. For the tenth the tenth mm-hmm. annual, like we're gonna have to like get do it at a hotel. We're gonna right. have to have a band. We're gonna have to have like the whole yeah. shebang for our young people because that is amazing. Yeah. Eight years of consistency mm-hmm. where these kids actually had a place that they could call. Like I ate with my family today for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. <laughs> That literally makes my eyes water. And I'm so I'm gonna let you talk yes. so that I don't cry. Go ahead. Yes. So tell us, what can we do? Um, so yes, uh, this Thanksgiving event, we are needing help. We are needing support. Um, one, we're still needing a photographer to take beautiful pictures. Um, and we're needing a videographer still to capture everything that's going on. For many years, um, I was just putting on the event, and so we didn't really capture all the things that I just told you about. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to capture it. We want to have a, a, a album of memories, yeah. you know, um, for our young people. Um, we are still needing to cover the cost for entertainment. So we have a gaming company that comes in every year and we have like the um, foosball and we have um like the basketball and, you know, those different things like that so that they can enjoy themselves. So we're still needing to cover the costs for okay. that. Um, our DJ, our food. So we're still trying to come up with the funds to cover these things um, for our young people to enjoy their holiday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, see, 
who wouldn't want to go to an event? Like who wouldn't want to volunteer at an event like Mm -hmm. that? Like for real. So, and honestly, more of these events need to pop up all over the United States because these kids have nowhere to go, right? Like nowhere to go. Um, And who wants to eat? Well, shoot, you're probably going to eat ramen noodles and not a turkey. You're not going to cook a turkey. So you're just going to eat that. And regardless of how people feel about Thanksgiving, it's still a time for you to gather regardless. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so, okay, so you need to go to change one, the number one dot org. Um, they could reach out to you there. Mm-hmm. Right, Courtney? Yep. Um, I think you have like a red. Do you have a register today? Or is that for the youth? There's That's the for volunteers. the youth. Yeah, we have the volunteers. Okay. We have our contact sheet. If you want to donate, um, we have a donate tab as well. And those those donations will go to the Thanksgiving event. If okay. it's donated between here today and um, Saturday, we'll know that those things, those uh, funds will go to the Thanksgiving event. Again, it will cover um, the food for the young people. It will cover the entertainment for the young people. Um, also, any giveaways that we give the young people, um, all of that, you're, you will be bringing joy and happiness to our young people. And lastly, one thing that we started to incorporate these last couple of years is awards. We have awards. So we want to recognize a young person that has been in the foster care system and that has overcome many obstacles and have made strides in their life. And so we have that award. Um, And then we have another award that um, it recognizes the youth that's currently in foster care. Um, Because a lot of times they don't get recognized for just, you know, overcoming. It's it's hard being a teenager. It's hard being an adolescent, (laughs) you know. And when you you have parents, most of the time your parents give you kudos. Mm. Um, And so... We at Change One, we want to give them kudos. We want to say, we see you. Right. We the invisible, see you. right? I see yes. you. Oh, I love that. And then lastly, we want to recognize a community member that mm-hmm. has dedicated their their volunteer hours to children, youth, and families and child welfare. We know that there are so many people in our community giving back, and we yeah. want to recognize those people that are giving back. So this is the hope. Possibility and Purpose Award, the Hope Possibility and Purpose Award. Okay. Um, and so, you know, even your contributions will help towards um giving them their recognition award. Um and and I just know the first time we gave a young person their recognition award and some flowers, that person drove all the way from Dallas, Texas. Um, and to come to our Thanksgiving event to be recognized, it was it was I cried. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. I cried. I cried that I was able to do this for them. And um, as you said earlier, like I spent 10 years in the foster care system. I aged out and I was homeless at one point in time before I went off to college. And um, I know what the struggle is like and I've overcome it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it is my duty um, to give back. And I feel like things happen for a reason. And I feel like this is my purpose. This is what God has asked of me is to be obedient. And I ask him every day, use me as a vessel, God. Use me as a vessel to touch your people 
And I believe that that's exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And I know that he's going to continue to keep doing that through me and through the people in the community. And we're going to continue to keep changing the lives of children, youth and families. And as you hear our company's name, it's called Change One. And I tell people, you change one person's life. Do you not know how many lives that one person can change? Mm -hmm. I had a caseworker that believed in me. When I didn't believe in myself, she could have closed my case and been done with me when I ran away. But she, you know, she didn't close my case. Yeah. And because of Karen Alexander, I'm able to be stand here before you today with two degrees, two loving kids, having a nonprofit, giving back to my community because of just that one person. That's right. And how many people's lives have I touched? Mm -hmm. You know, so I know some people feel like, little old me, I, I, you know, I can't do anything. Yes, Yes, you can. can. And you can start with this Thanksgiving (laughs) event, our eighth annual Thanksgiving event. You can start there. I love that, Courtney. Thank you. I appreciate that very, very, very much. And as you can see, this is not a rehearsed conversation. This is just... What comes from her heart. Yeah. And just us talking. This is us talking actually on the phone. (laughs) This is this is quite the same. Mm -hmm. And I get asked all the time, like, how do I help, you know, fight against human trafficking? And I've said it a thousand times. Help these kids that are aging out of foster care like they are such a prime target for these traffickers. And yet you can prevent it. You can totally prevent it. By starting here, you you can't make it to Austin, Texas to volunteer at this event. Well, then donate to it, because instead of them looking for somewhere to go and someone exploiting them, they are going to be in this safe space, knowing and feeling and understanding what it is to have family, people that support you, people that believe in you, people that want the best from you and they want nothing in return, Mm -hmm. which is rare, right? So this is a place, this is your beginning to start to prevent human trafficking from happening and to be a huge blessing in somebody's life that you don't even know. So join Courtney at changeone.org. I look forward to seeing some people at the event, as well as we're very excited on our listeners um, helping this event out. It needs to continue. It needs to continue. And I have hope and belief that those of you in other states and other countries are going to reach out to her because you're like, we need this in our community as well. And they need to be in every community, hands down. Just look at your demographic, right? Of how many kids are in care in your backyard. Yeah. And then you'll see, holy crap, we totally need this. I've actually had people reach out to me and say, hey, can you come to my area? And I'm like, I would love to. I just don't have the capacity. Right. And so if, you know, each community can come together and rally around, most definitely we can come to your city (laughs) and create joy, happiness and peace and harmony for our young people. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Courtney, as always. It's such a joy to have you sit with me. And I'm I'm very blessed to have you here. You're always here to honestly touch my heart, educate me more. And we will continue to advocate, you know, for, for your demographic because it is needed. So thank you again for coming on. The thank Inhumane you. Podcast. Yep. We'll see you soon. Everybody else. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.